Welcome everybody, this is Tap Out Talk, Money in the Bank Results and Thoughts. I'm your host, Brian the Hype Ballard, and let's talk about everything that happened tonight. Well, what you've seen at the top of the program tonight was very much a vignette promo. The same promo that had everybody thinking Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was trending all night long, thinking that a Money in the Bank return or a SummerSlam return was soon imminent. But that is not the case. I'm here to tell you, you have to look at the devil being in the details, and he is hidden. What you guys see in that vignette is a couple different clues that are various to one person, and that person is none other than Edge. The return of Edge. You see the cross being bared. You see a gothic tone to it. Think about how Edge's career started out in the brood. Also, think about his very first vignette of him wandering the streets. You think you know me? You think you know me. I want you guys to also think about the cross, which could be another a symbolism for Christian. Kind of an Edge counterpart, right? I want you guys to also take note of the Olympic gold medal. Think Kurt Angle. Latino Heat. Think Vicky Guerrero as a manager. All these things lead to Edge's past career in history. And then the big giveaway. The Dudley boys. The masked glasses of Bubba Ray Dudley mixed in with Jeff Hardy's armbands. That is the thing that had everybody talking tonight at Money in the Bank. This was a show, a show without a champion, a show without Roman Reigns. Your tribal tree is off to Hollywood, and he's nowhere to be seen tonight. But don't worry, his cousins are there. Was Seth frickin' Rollins and Becky Lynch enough to save this show from going into obscurity? Was the Money in the Bank briefcase enough? And was some surprising new talent emerging the future of the WWE arriving tonight. Let's get in. Again, welcome guys. I want to talk about the very first matchup. We have the women's ladder match. The Money in the Bank women's ladder match. You have Raquel Gonzalez. You've got Liv Morgan. you got Lacey Evans. Asuka. Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, and let's not forget about... Big time Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. 
This was all the ladies that were involved in the overall theme of Money in the Bank. Now, we got a lot of surprises tonight. This match started out with a lot of energy. The bell rings and every woman bails from the ring except for Becky and Asuka. The two of them brawl with each other and keep the others out of the ring. Asuka takes the ladder from Shotzi and looks to erect it, but Becky hits her from behind. Lynch drags the ladder in too and looks to drop it onto Asuka, but she moves out of the way and Asuka hits a bulldog to Becky onto the ladder and then hits Morgan with a knee and she lands on the same ladder as Becky. Ooh, it's gotta hurt. But now, Raquel comes in. My, a lot of you guys might not know about Raquel Gonzalez. She is from NXT. She is the power um, wrestler of this matchup. Raquel fits that mold. She's gotta be careful though, because she could become the risk of being like a Tamina thrown into these matches for the power element, but not much done with her. We shall see what the future brings for Raquel. But at this point, Raquel comes in and she lifts the ladder with both Becky and Liv on it, showing that great strength of power and then drops, basically just drops them. Morgan and Lynch work together to fight Raquel, but she hits them with a double suplex onto the ladder. Shotzi, let's talk about Shotzi Blackheart. She's got a great unique look. She has a lot of just, you know, that flair that the WWE likes to give. She hits a lot of those elements and checks a lot of the boxes. The problem is, is I don't know what is going on with her. She has the part, she has the character, the fans seem to like her. But when it comes to, I don't know if she's working through her nerves, but something has happened on this main roster to where I just don't know if it's a case of stage fright or if it's just still her honing her skill and her craft. But I just don't know if she's got that factor. There's something missing. And I don't know if it got groomed in NXT. Anyway, Shotzi goes to the corner. And Raquel runs a ladder at her. And Shotzi jumps over it with the ladder between the buckles. Shotzi jumps off it over Raquel and hits Bliss with a crossbody. Shotzi tries to run up a ladder but falls off. Morgan knocks Shotzi out of the ring and Lacey Evans knocks Liv onto a ladder where Raquel is being pinned in the corner. Let's talk about Lacey Evans for a minute. She's got a little new look. She's not the all-American ladies lady, right? Um, has the boat sailed too far on Lacey Evans? I propose that question to you guys. Is it too little, too late, for Lacey. Too little, too late Lacey. You guys tell me. So Asuka knocks Evans onto the ladder. Then Becky knocks Asuka onto it as well. And Becky then hits the leg drop off the ropes onto the ladder on all four women. Bliss then comes off the top rope and with a molly go round and wipes everyone out. Bliss stands on the ladder and starts climbing but Raquel drags her down. Bliss unloads a series of kicks to Raquel and then hits a head scissors that send her head first into the ladder in the corner. Bliss puts Raquel under the ladder and then Asuka comes in and hits Alexa with a German suplex. Man, she rolls out right out of that. Shotzi then comes in and struggles with Asuka and she gets hit with a hip toss onto the ladder and then is pinned underneath. Evans and Asuka start climbing the ladder and Asuka is knocked out. This match goes on and on and on back and forth they have the action just kind of going all over the place at this point um i really don't know how i feel about it like it didn't really show anything different 
tonight that we've seen from other ladder matches, and not really any female stood out, except for the one that won the match, and that was just because she finally got her moment after so much fans' love and so much work. Let's continue here. Shotzi then handles Raquel upside the ladder and climbs over her, but gets knocked off. Bliss um, starts climbing, but Shotzi gets her up into the electric chair and bumps her onto the ladder It falls over and they fall onto it. So then this match goes further and further. A little bit later on, Raquel wants a powerbomb onto the ladder, but Asuka flips her off the desk and onto the floor with an armbar. Raquel picks Asuka off the floor and Becky drop kicks them and Asuka lands on the bridging ladder. Becky then scales the ladder at ringside and jumps off with a leg drop to Asuka on the ladder and they both bounce off. Shotzi is busted open from her bad landing on the ladder from earlier. All the remaining women climb the ladders in the ring and Becky returns and shoves the ladders over. Becky climbs up, but Liv Morgan returns and climbs up alongside with her. Becky kicks Liv. She kicks her Liv's uh, ladder over and Morgan gets a foot on the top rope and shoves herself back up. Liv knocks Becky off her ladder and then climbs up and retrieves the briefcase to become the Miss Money in the Bank. That's right, Liv Morgan finally gets her moment as Miss Money in the Bank, and she gets the shine tonight. Okay, so here's where we're at. We got a lot of women in this matchup. Um, how many of them are legit contenders for this title? How many? I'll give them to you. I'm going to say Asuka. I'm going to say Becky Lynch. And other than that, I like the idea of Liv Morgan. I hope it's not a short-lived situation, but I like the idea of Liv Morgan finally getting her moment, the Morgan moment. And it's well-deserved. The fans are loving it, and they started out happy in this pay-per-view or premium live event. So, that's the women's ladder match. And again, they didn't do anything out of the ordinary, but it was about the finish, right? It was the sizzle and not the stake in this situation. We're going to move on to the United States Championship match, where we have a pretty good up-and-coming wrestler in Austin Theory holding the title as the United States Champion. And he's going against a very formidable foe and a true main eventer and the almighty Bobby Lashley. This matchup was built with lots of pose downs and muscle for muscle, um, you know, and there was a lot of uh, the baby oil being squirted in each other's eyes during the pose down sessions. Austin Theory has good heel heat, and it's not go away heat. It's, he has a way of getting under your nerves, into your skin, and then you add that McMahon factor to him. And I tell you what, you look at his in-ring talent, and he's got something going on. So anyway, this match... Um, it does a pretty good job. The match gets underway, and Theory taunts Lashley with the most muscular pose, but the fans chant, Bobby, Bobby. They lock up, and Lashley shoves Theory across the ring. Theory rolls out, and he regroups, and Theory gets back in the ring, and Lashley catches him right there with a spine buster. Theory quickly goes to the apron, so Lashley knocks him to the floor. Lashley lifts him up and goes, I mean, goes to run his head into the ring, but Theory blocks it. Theory smashes Lashley's face into the ring post. Theory beats Bobby around the ringside before jumping off the apron, and Lashley catches him. The momentum knocks Lashley down, but he holds on and powers back up with Theory on his shoulders and runs him straight into the ring post. 
Lashley gets Theory back into the ring and looks for a spear, but Theory, at this point, turtles and kind of goes into the fetal position and begs for mercy, playing a true cowardly heel. He then swings a kick at Lashley and he grabs it, he stomps him. Lashley beats Theory into the corner and looks for a 10 punches, but Theory escapes and hits a clothesline. Nice seesaw matchup back and forth, a lot of psychology and a lot of great ring work between a frustrated Bobby Lashley and a very, very villainous Austin Theory. So anyway, Theory puts Lashley on the top rope and wants a springboard Spanish fly, but Lashley blocks it. Theory gets Lashley down and stomps him and then grabs a rear chin lock. We got a rest hold at this point. Lashley eventually gets free of the hold and looks for the hurt lock, but Theory escapes. Lashley builds a head of steam, but Theory goes to the apron to get away. Theory kicks him back and looks for a rolling drop kick, but Lashley catches him with a military press in the middle of the air, and Lashley slams Theory down for a near fall. Lashley now is looking for the reverse dominator, Shades of Farouk, and, but Theory lands on his feet and then sends Lashley into the ring post. Theory goes to the apron, and this time he lands a rolling drop kick, but Bobby kicks out. Theory went for the A-Town down, but Lashley counters with a roll-up for a near fall. A one, a two, ooh, almost there. Lashley then looks for a tilt-a-whirl, but Theory rakes his eyes and hits him with a spear. Theory picks Lashley up for the A-Town down again, but Lashley reverses it into a hurt lock, and he taps. Tap, 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 tap. And we have a new United States champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley. This was a good matchup. I liked the interaction between these two. Lashley played his part as the aggravated face in the situation. Theory played his part very well as the hated heel. He got under your skin. He played to the crowd. And I tell you what, the only thing I don't like about this match is the result. I like the work these two did, but I don't like the result. I don't like the fact that Theory lost this match pretty cleanly to Lashley. Um, here's what I would like to see. I would have liked to seen Hook or Crook. I would have almost liked to see a roll-up or some kind of champion's advantage cheat to keep the title on theory, which then could lead to another matchup of SummerSlam between the two, right? Let this be, you know, the appetizer for that main meal. But at the end of the day, changing titles over to Lashley, I think that's a little bit of a mistake of taking this away from theory. But you know what? It is what it is. And at the end of the day, good matchup. But man, I just don't know where they're going to go with this and what the plan is for the United States title with Bobby. So, um,. After this one, we just get a quick backstage segment with Liv Morgan being interviewed. And she says the contract allows her to cash in anytime, but she wants to wait for a year. So the possibilities are endless and she doesn't want to screw this up. So she's never wanted anything more. So right now, WrestleMania sounds really good to her, but she doesn't want to worry about it. She just wants to celebrate. We'll see if that situation takes place. So anyway, we get Bobby Lashley in the ring celebrating his victory and we're ready to move on to our next matchup, which is our featured Raw Women's Championship. I want you guys to be aware, this match actually was not supposed to happen on this card. It was supposed to be Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, but due to injury to Ripley, we now get Belair and Carmella. 
Now, the bell rings and Bellow takes Carmella down with a waist lock. Carmella goes through the ropes to the apron to get away. She adjusts her hair before getting back inside, slamming down Bianca by the hair. They shove each other, but Carmella clubs her in the ribs and trash talks. Belair then just leaps into the corner and like turns her back to her and starts spanking herself in the corner just to taunt Carmella a little more. Um, during the match, I would say this, nobody was really buying the fact that Carmella was actually gonna win the title tonight. This match was really about showcasing Bianca and giving her just another title defense in her long line of titles, right? And I don't think it did horrible. It didn't do anything great, but it didn't do anything bad either. The really good um, part of this match was Corey Graves was selling it so hard with his wife. He was selling the idea of Carmella and how they're going to go celebrate with the title and how he's got all the champagne lined up. So... A lot of that was going on and being told in the commentary in the story. And sometimes commentary does make a match for you. Carmella eats a few shots. You know, she then looks to take to uh, hit a head scissors, but Bianca counters with a backbreaker. Belair wants a handspring moonsault, but Carmella rolls out of the way, all the way out of the ring. And Belair goes outside and hits her with a shoulder tackle. Carmella gets on the apron and snaps Bianca on the ropes and then hits a super kick for a two count. Carmella backs the champion into the corner, elbows her a few times, and then hits a Bronco Buster for a two count. Corey Graves is going nuts. Carmella applies the submission, but Belair rolls under her back to a pin for a one and a two. Belair wants a scoop and a slam, but Carmella slides down and slams her by the hair. Belair starts firing back right hands and hits a stalling vertical suplex. All right, so again, Back and forth between these two ladies showcasing some skills in an average match. We're going to continue out the action here. Belair gets Carmella in the corner and lands one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine punches. She flips backwards and then she hits a big right hand for number 10. The perfect 10. Carmella dodges Bianca. She hits a ring post and then Carmella with an inside cradle for a two. Carmella with a super kick and a near fall. Carmella slaps her. Then Belair slaps her back. And then it's the KOD, the kiss of death for the one, the two, and the three, and the win, and the retention of the Raw Women's Championship. So, this matchup um, does have a little bit of an aftertaste seasoning to it. After the match, Belair is celebrating when Carmella then attacks her. Carmella unloads a fury of punches and leaves Belair lying in the ring. I don't know where they're going with this one. I think there was a plan with Rhea Ripley to be against Belair. But in a weird way, I think these two have an idea of building maybe a little bit of a rivalry. Um, it is interesting to see Bianca Belair showcase herself with a little bit of a Carmella who's decent in the ring, but not the main event player of a Sasha or a Bailey or a Charlotte Flair, or a Becky, right? So I think, you know, having a good match against Carmella does show something for Bianca to showcase herself as taking the next step. You have to take one step at a time as a champion. I always said that Bianca was given the title way too early two years ago at WrestleMania, but now I feel like it could be okay and it could be right. So at this point, uh, we just basically get a video of Logan Paul at the WWE Performance Center. Um, and then he signed a contract. Logan Paul is now with the WWE. And then The Miz states that, oh, good, he's getting his tag team partner back. Uh, did we forget about WrestleMania and how The Miz used him for a sucker like he should and turned on him? 
But that's fine because Logan Paul says, no, he's coming back to fight The Miz at SummerSlam. Well, there you go, folks. You're going to get Logan Paul versus The Miz at the party of the summer. Guys, I just want to say thank you for subscribing or sharing or even hitting that like button. It helps me out so much. And thank you for being my friend out there on Twitter. I enjoy our interactions and I own the Twitterverse and I love being out there with you guys. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Let's jump back in. All right, so we got the Unified Tag Team Champions. Why? Because we don't need Roman Reigns, our champion, at a big pay-per-view. We do need his little cousins, though, right? The Usos. We have the Unified Tag Team Championships, the Raw and SmackDown titles, the champions, the Usos, taking on the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford. couple things in this match. So we get a lot of back-and-forth action. We have a lot of things that happened in this match. We've seen this match almost every week, if not every other week, and definitely every pay-per-view since, I'm going to say, probably January. Um, all right, so we get out there, and Dawkins starts things off with Jimmy Uso. They lock up. Jimmy hits a shoulder tackle to drop him, and Dawkins does the same to him. Dawkins leaps over Jimmy and hits a spine buster after knocking Jay off the apron. Ford gets a tag and wants the frog splash, but Jimmy rolls outside. Montez rallies the crowd with a suck it chant. So we got the Bronco buster in the match before, and now we got the suck it chant. Got a little DX love in the arena tonight. Nice little nod. We continue on with Jay Ford. Jay and Ford locked up, and then Montez hits a shoulder tackle. Ford leaps over Jay and connects with a drop kick. Dawkins tags back in and hits a shoulder tackle and then throws Ford onto it for a two count. Jimmy tags back in and they hit a double spine buster to Dawkins. Jimmy knocks Angelo out of the ring and hits a suicide dive. Jay joins Jimmy to lift Dawkins with a suplex into the ring post. All right, so the match is very back and forth and these two teams always do a good job just wrestling each other and they have good matches. There's a couple things that were hinted at tonight. There was a hint that the Street Profits might have some dissension in their ranks and they might be done. We all know in this tag team of the Street Profits, there is a Marty Jannetty and there is a Shawn Michaels. I'll give you one guess. Montez Ford is going to be the more popular one out of these two if these two break up, right? Montez Ford does have a little bit of an it factor to him, right? I'm not calling it yet, but I do say talent is talent. Continue one on with the action in the talent. Later on in the match, Jay beats down Montez down and leaves him on the bottom rope so Jimmy can hit a drive-by, like kind of like what a little Roman Reigns does. Jay hits a backbreaker, and Jimmy comes off the top rope with a double axe handle, a classic move for a two-count. Ford is kept far away from Dawkins, and Jay clubs him with a crossface arm. Jay super kicks Angelo off the apron before tagging Jimmy. Ford starts firing back against Jimmy and Jay and finds himself on the apron. He go, he does another suck it again, and this time Jimmy uppercuts him. Jimmy gets on the apron, but Montez hits him with a suplex, and both men are down on the outside. Ford makes the tag to Dawkins, and he dives over the rope onto Jimmy and Jay, and Dawkins back inside with clotheslines to Jimmy and hits a flying elbow. These guys, um, again... I liked the match. I liked how they went back and forth. These guys have great chemistry. Nobody's denying that, okay? 
this unified title match is going on, and it really shows the WWE does not have a lot of tag teams in the mix and to be able to showcase. And, you know, I like long feuds. I like things when they carry out. The way this match ends, I do feel like the WWE tipped their hand a little bit in showing what's going to be coming next. So, let's talk a little bit about how we're going to get there. Dawkins and Jay throw punches later back in the ring, and Uso lands an Insiguri, and both men are down. Dawkins ducks Jay and knocks Jimmy off the apron, and then Jay gets up in an electric tear and then tags Ford. Jimmy saves his brother and sends Angelo into the ring post. Montez eats a double super kick, but kicks out, and the fans are erupted at this point and going crazy. Uso wants the 1D. They want to go for that 1D, but the Ford counters with a Hurricane Rada and sends them both to the outside. Get into the finish. Ford then dives over the ring post to the top rope to Jimmy and Jay on the floor. Ford gets Jay back in the ring and tags Dawkins for an uppercut. Then Montez tags back in and gets from the heavens and the covers, but Jimmy breaks it up. Both teams slowly get up as the fans chant, fight forever, fight forever, then break out into a hockey fight. And all these guys, Dawkins gets knocked out of the ring and sent over the barricade. Then the Uso super kicked Montez and hit the 1D for the win and the pin and the retention of the Unified Tag Team Championships. All right. So at this point, the Usos leave the ring after the match. When we see a replay, the WWE hones in on showing Jimmy pinned Ford and his shoulders was clearly off the mat. The Profits are irate, and they want to run it back, and they want to rematch. And we then, at this point, we see the creepy video package that I opened up the program with pertaining to Edge's return. All right, so this matchup, um, very a good matchup. I enjoyed it. I've seen it before, right? But here's what this is going to lead to. This is going to lead to a final payoff match at SummerSlam in less than 30 days. So I would like to see one of two things. I would like to see maybe a ladder match for the Unified Tag Team Championships, which all the titles are strung up for the teams to grab. And both teams have to come down with all four championships in their control for them to be the true Unified Tag Team Champion. I think that's a great way to end this feud. Option two could be a steel cage championship match, but I don't think that warrants it because there's been no outside interference in these matches. So I would like to see the ladder match where all four belts are hung and do have to be pulled down to become unified. I would eventually like to see these belts molded together to where they are just one unified tag team champion. They're not carrying around four belts. Okay, it's time to do that. Time to get things back to basics and get back to one titles for a lot of these different things. All right, so that's all I'm going to say on that one. Let's move into the next match, which was our SmackDown Women's Championship match. Now, this match actually had a good story buildup to it. It's been a while since I've seen them put that effort into the storyline. You had the veteran Natalia, and you had the famous Ronda Rousey, the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, defending against Natalia Neidhart, the legacy. The thing in the story here in the hook was... A great fighter like Ronda Rousey's armbar is not as strong as Natalia's sharpshooter, which her family and her generation has won thousands of matches with. So I like the angle. I like the story. It even had a little 
classic old school of Natalia dressing up as Ronda Rousey and imitating her. Okay, that just adds a little fuel to the fire. Some people will find that cheesy. I found it the fact that creative was trying to be creative, right? We got to get back to doing those kind of little things to build up a match instead of just throwing people together. So I like and kudos to the WWE for doing this build up correctly. So this match actually starts off with the two ladies and Ronda grabs a hammerlock and ties, basically then ties her around the ties her around the rope. Natalia takes Ronda down with a wrist lock and then Ronda turns the tables and covers her for a quick one and a two. Natalia grabs an ankle lock and Rousey tries to grab the top rope, but she gets dragged back. Rousey gets out, but Natalia hits a snapmare and then runs right over her back and almost stomps her face into the ground. R- great spot right there. Ronda blocks a basement drop kick and applies an ankle lock and Natalia crawls to the ropes and drags herself out to the floor. Rousey chases Natty back inside and she gets slung into the ropes. Natalia takes Rousey down and clubs her hard in the face with forearms while calling her names. Natalia playing the classic heel here and I like it. Natalia beats Rousey in the corner and poses and then hits a snapmare and grabs the sleeper. Natalia hits a uh, hits a rope assisted atomic drop and Rousey counters the only um, to get taken down with an abdominal stretch. They go back and forth back and forth with submissions and counters and the fans are getting a little restless and a little bored. I actually didn't mind it here myself. Natalia escapes an arm bar and attempts and hits a clothesline. Ronda lands, rolling some clotheslines of her own and then hits a knee in the corner. Alright, so these two go back and forth even a little more. Um, I didn't feel like it was a terrible match. I felt like they knew their spots. I felt like they were hitting their chemistry. Um, there was a little something missing to it. And I feel like, you know, maybe we need to mix in something a little special in this one tonight. And that could happen here pretty soon, which it had. So later on, we've got a, you know, another great spot later on when Natty, um, is in the sharpshooter. Or later on in the match, Natalia attacks the knee and then Ronda gets on the apron and applies a sharpshooter, but Rousey uh, rolls over and Natalia basically slams her into the ring post. Natalia gets back in the ring at nine and Ronda's now limping, right? So now they're playing into the limping Ronda and kind of how that's working, right? So there's a nice spot in the match where Ronda has the sharpshooter reversed as she has... Uh, Rousey has the sharpshooter on Natalia, and she goes right into the Shawn Michaels style pose while holding the sharpshooter. I thought it was mwah, chef's kiss and brilliant on Rousey's part. I loved how she played to the fans and kind of showed that she really wanted to rub salt in the wounds of Natalia. So anyway, kind of going to the finish here, Natalia reverses the sharpshooter, but Rousey counters into an ankle lock. Natalia is dragged away from the ropes and goes for the sharpshooter again. But this time, Rousey gets her in an arm bar, and she taps out. And now we have another tap out and a submission in another match tonight. And Ronda Rousey is still your SmackDown Women's Championship. But wait, folks, we are not done yet. We have one more match because after the match, Liv Morgan runs down to the ring and cashes in her Money in the Bank briefcase that she just won a few matches ago. SmackDown now has another championship match. Rousey versus Morgan. The bell rings and Liv runs at Ronda with a kick and gets caught and taken down with an ankle lock and she looks like her dreams are about to be crushed as Rousey has the ankle lock in, almost Kurt Angle style. Liv screams and crawls for the ropes and Ronda drags her right back. Liv fights it and she 
rolls and kicks her. And you can see the fans say, kick her, kick her, roll off. You can see the fans getting into this. And then once she does that, she rolls her up and she wins. Winner and new SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. Way to go, WWE. And way to give Liv Morgan a true main event moment. It's amazing. Liv was Miss Money in the Bank and your new SmackDown champion and she took out Ronda Rousey. Now, the argument can be made here, right? That Rousey was beat up and injured. The argument could be made that Natalia softened up Rousey so Liv could win. This ending doesn't hurt anybody. It's safe for Ronda's character. It's safe for Natalia's character. And it's even safe and great for Liv. This is great. And it was a very happy moment for me to see somebody who works so hard and cares so much about their work and loves their fans. And to see Liv be just so proud. She's a proud champion. Um, I feel like I love those kind of moments. Almost as uh, Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania type feel. Like you feel like somebody deserves something here and they got it. So where this is going. So after the match, Rousey looks at Liv. She then hugs her and raises her arm. And Morgan is then left alone. And she kind of congratulates her and smiles her like, good for you, kid. She gives her the title. Everyone comes to the ring. But before... You know, everything basically happens here. Liv is just celebrating and taking it in. Um, I think this leads to SummerSlam, of course, with Liv Morgan defending the title in a triple threat match against Ronda Rousey and Natalya. That's where this is leading to. And I actually think that's pretty good storytelling at this point. So you got Liv the underdog, Rousey the competitor, and then you got the seasoned veteran in Natalya. And then we get to the main event of the evening. The men's money in the bank ladder match. All right. Another plot twist on this one. This match was supposed to consist of Seth frickin' Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Amos, Riddle, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, and Madcap Moss. All of these guys qualified. They won matches for the chance to be a part of the money in the bank prestigious match we get adam pierce that comes out after all these guys get out in the ring and he announces and he, he does something really kind of cheesy and hokey and he says oh we're in vegas i think the the goal is i see your seven competitors and i raise you one and i'm going to give you another competitor and make it a solid eight and out comes austin theory yeah, you heard me right. Austin Theory is now injected in the match. The guy has a way of getting under your skin. It's not a bad thing. I don't mind that he gets an advantage from Mr. McMahon behind it. I don't mind that he has a way of getting under the fan's skin. I love that about him. He's talented. But I don't like the fact that the WWE weakened all of this by just giving him a spot. Okay? Um, we got to have... We don't have a lot of main eventers to fill this spot, and this is supposed to be the next up-and-comers, right, with some main eventers in there. And I don't think that was the right way to introduce Austin Theory. I think a injury angle could have happened with Madcap Moss. I think Sami Zayn, something like that 
and then you could have interjected theory, but just to say, oh, we're going to just not care about the rules and throw somebody in. That's just a little sloppy, in my opinion. Here's the other thing. Who's reality going to win this thing? You have a few options, okay? You could go with a young up-and-coming veteran, which is the reaction we went with. But ultimately, I think Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins could have been the two realistic choices. I think Drew McIntyre should have been money in the bank. You got the clash at the castle coming up, and I think that would have been a chance for him to call his shot and say he's going to win the title against Roman in his home country, and now it means something. Oh, well, what could be, should have been, but it's not. So let's get into this match now that we have Austin Theory as well. So this match gets underway, and the fans are just booing Theory out of the building. Riddle runs for Rollins, but he jumps out of the ring along with Theory and Zane, and almost starts laying out everybody. Almost is the big man here. Think Kane. Think the big man in the ladder match. That's kind of what he is. He's that power man that's supposed to be in here, right? Almost gets out of the ring, and Rollins and Theory run at him with the ladder, but he knocks them both down. Almost lifts the ladder and then knocks both Riddle and Moss down. I wasn't really buying Madcap Moss in this matchup. I think he's got potential at the mid-level, but... He's there with a Sami Zayn. I don't see why they're in this matchup. I don't believe them as championship contenders, okay? Not yet. Uh, you could have made an argument for Sheamus. You could have made an argument for Drew and Seth and even maybe Riddle or Theory. But no, not Madcap, not Sammy, right? Um, so later on in the match, Moss, speaking of which, with some gets some gut punches, but he gets thrown over the ropes. McIntyre hits almost with a Claymore. Yeah, the Claymore. Boom! That's a power move. He then tumbles out of the ring, but stays on his feet. Amos is playing that proverbial big man. The WWE's kind of using him the right way. Drew starts climbing up, but Sheamus pulls him down and sends him out of the ring. Sheamus climbs the ladder, but Drew returns and pulls him down. They start punching each other. Meanwhile, Theory tries to sneakily climb up without seeing them. They both stop and look at Theory, then attack him. They take turns hitting the beats um, to Theory until he collapses. So again, this was all attack Austin Theory rookie initiation night, right? Random thought I couldn't help is why couldn't we have wrote a story where AJ Styles was in this match trying to reclaim the main event spot? I would have loved AJ to have been in this match just for the athleticism alone. He doesn't have to win, but man, this guy has fallen from grace for so long. And I feel like AJ just has that ability. Also, Finn Balor. You could have had Finn Balor in there as well, guys. Just saying. So anyway, um, we get a little bit later on in the match. Even more. Theory comes you know, off the top rope, but almost catches him in a choke slam. Almost starts climbing the ladder. But Moss and McIntyre come in and shove him over the top rope. On the outside, Sheamus and Riddle sandwich Amos with a ladder and beat him down. Everyone comes together and buries Amos under the ladders. On the rampway, they just throw ladders on him to keep him down. Rollins sneakily sets up a ladder while this is happening, but Sami Zayn comes back in and struggles with him. Sheamus sets up a ladder next to them and climbs up. Then Theory returns to the booze of the crowd again. Theory was out of this match for like a good 20-25 minutes. He just kind of hung out and hid, right? Sheamus shoves Zayn and Rollins down. Then Theory knocks Sheamus off. Moss stops Theory. It hits a fallaway slam. Moss climbs up, but spots Zane on the top rope 
and climbs down to attack him. Moss puts the ladder between the ropes, but Zane kicks him away and climbs the ladder. Moss grabs Zane and powerbombs him onto the ladder in the corner head first. Moss and McIntyre are trading atop the ladder, and Madcap gets dropped. But Sheamus pulls Drew away, and he hits the white noise. Riddle returns, and he beats Sheamus into the corner and gets hit with an Irish curse. Sheamus wants a brogue kick, but Riddle avoids it, and Sheamus gets caught in the ladder. Riddle then grabs Sheamus and hits the Hangman DDT off of the ladder. Moss returns, and Riddle takes him down. You're thinking Riddle's got a lot of momentum right now and is looking pretty good. Theory throws Riddle at a ladder, but he jumps onto it and climbs all the way from the top floor with a floating bro onto everybody. Every man is down, and in comes Amos. He lays waste to everybody in the ring and looks to climb the ladder. Riddle jumps on the back of Amos, almost comical-like, and with a sleeper, he gets slung off. Theory starts climbing, but almost grabs him by the throat and hits a choke bomb. Almost is looking pretty strong here as the big man. Sheamus hits a brogue kick, and then Zane hits a haluva kick to Almost. Riddle gets an arm bar on Almost and hangs over the ropes. Then Almost flips him over the ropes, and McIntyre kicks Almost to the outside, and then Rollins hits the stomp on the apron right on the outside on him. All right, so all six men take off the top of the announcer desk on the outside. They lift Amos and team up on the big man with their heads down and throw him right through the announcer's desk. Looked pretty cool. Everyone begins brawling on the outside. Zane sneaks into the ring. That's Sneaky Sammy, and he starts climbing. McIntyre stops him and runs into the ladder. Sheamus returns and throws the ladder in Drew's face, but then he puts the ladder across the top turnbuckle. McIntyre takes Sheamus down with a future shock DDT. And then sets the ladder up and over Seamus's body. Butch comes running down as Drew climbs the ladder, but he gets on McIntyre's back. Drew keeps climbing, but Butch, uh, with Butch on his back, and he gets pulled down and Seamus hits a brogue kick. Seamus then pins Drew under the ladder, starts climbing, but McIntyre bench presses the ladder and Seamus falls off. A claymore to Butch, and Drew then does his kip up. At this point, you're thinking Drew might have a chance. Drew, money in the bank, clash at the castle, anybody? McIntyre climbs up, and Sheamus returns to join, but pushes uh, Zane pushes them both off the ladder, and they hit the ladder in the corner. Zane scales the ladder, gets to the top rope again, but Moss knocks him off. You notice Moss and Sammy are going at it, kind of in that mid-level feud there. He climbs, but Rollins tips the ladder over and hits the stomp. Riddle hits Seth with a really big ladder and a setup. Riddle climbs up. Rollins tries to fight him off and does so. Rollins stands on both ladders and grabs the briefcase, but Riddle climbs up, grabs him, and does a super RKO out of nowhere. Riddle begins to climb, but Theory returns, climbs on the other side. Riddle gets his hands on the clip, but Theory punches him. And they trade back and forth, back and forth, and he shoves them off. And Theory is then all alone at the top of the WWE and gets the briefcase. Austin Theory is your Mr. Money in the Bank. All right. 
A lot of action in this one. They had the elements of the big man, Amos. They had some mid-level guys. They had the guy that you thought could have won with Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre. To me, again, would have made more sense to go with Drew here. Um, Money in the Bank has been a little bit tampered with with having guys like Otis win and guys like Damian Sandow over the years, right? And it's just, I know it's meant to build the next star, but the problem is, is the next star sometimes just doesn't pan out and it's too far, right? But Austin Theory, it's not a terrible choice, but I think it's a little soon. It will be interesting to see what he does with that briefcase and his antics and how annoying he can get. All right, guys, it's time for final thoughts. So here's where we're at. I think the WWE did a couple things tonight. I think they did it safe. I think they did a good job of trying to build up some of the middle, younger stars. We say so many times that that needs to happen more often, and that did happen tonight. We don't want to fade away, right? We need future stars. So, let's talk about Austin Theory. I, again, think him... Not actually retaining the U.S. title. If you wanted him to be Mr. Money in the Bank, I think him holding the U.S. title and the Money in the Bank briefcase would have been obnoxious looking. And I think that's kind of his character a little bit, right? He could be Mr. United States Money in the Bank. He could have some fun with that. So nobody's done that before. And it also tells you he's not cashing in anytime soon. So I like that idea. Um, so I'm not hating on Austin. I also think the WWE did an amazing job with Liv Morgan. Liv finally got her moment, and I'm so proud of that. She deserves it. She's worked so hard. She connects with these fans. The people love her. They get behind her. So I applaud the WWE. Um, and even if it was a same-night cash-in, we don't know what the long story booking is here, but at the end of the day, Liv got a little bit of a reward. She can call herself a WWE women's champion congratulations to Liv she deserves it she's been through so much um so yeah I think they went with two younger stars and I think it was not a bad choice tonight um again I didn't walk away disappointed tonight um I did think that the card itself and the matches were average I think it's a C plus pay-per-view but at the end of the day those are just my final thoughts this is the big preview for SummerSlam and that's how Money in the Bank should be it should always preview your next matchups and I feel like we're going to walk away with a triple threat women's match with Rousey Neidhart and Morgan I feel like we're going to get something going on with maybe Bobby Lashley puts his United States title on the line and Austin Theory puts his Money in the Bank briefcase on the line winner takes all kind of thing and that could put Lashley in a situation where he would hold both or theory could so we could go back to that um you know no roman makes a difference right roman will be back next month to fight brock again um we've had that match so much but it's such a rivalry so guys that's everything with money in the bank tell me what you thought is this one for the ages no did it do anything memorable no but it got the job done enough to lead us into the biggest party of the summer, and that is SummerSlam. Guys, I just want to say thanks for watching. And like we say around here, with our Money in the Bank review, it's not goodbye. It's 
game over.